Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the Normalize Eating an Entire Box of Pasta edition. Yes. <laughs> Fuck those servings. Eat absolute the, Absolute lies. The, servings. Yeah. The yeah. box is the serving. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this whole 15 servings in one box. No. I'm no. not drunk, by the way. This is who I am. <laughs> Eat the whole damn thing. Eat two. You know, Eat two boxes. Yeah, I'm not going to measure my palm or my fist. No. 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 no who's going to do that? It's, what is this? If anything, <laughs> I'm going to put the pasta in my fist, in my mouth. <laughs> That's right. Eat it with your hands. Yeah. From the pot, uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh style. That's right. From the boiling water. <laughs> From the boiling <laughs> water. Plunge your hand into the boiling water and then just... Show whatever you got in your mouth. Yeah, I don't need a stomach lining. I just need that sweet, sweet pasta. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, this is episode 022. Yeah. And I am with the incredible, she's got her stomach lining intact, Marissa Riley. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not sure about the stomach lining these days. I've been eating a lot of pasta and a lot... Of uh, flaming hot Cheetos with lime, but yes, I'm here. I'm here with Jill Chacha. That's me. We have our stomach linings, I think. <laughs> we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there, and today we're going to talk about well, what's with all the fucking fainting during the 1800s? Amazing question. Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to look at some X-rays. We're going to look at some. Into some uh, advertising. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be intense. Yeah. They, they invented an entire couch. Yeah, we're going to talk about fainting. that. Are That's we right. really? Yes, yes. Amazing. Absolutely. I really want one, too. Not to faint on for the... <laughs> for the I, it just, they're cute as fuck. They are. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, so, let's begin, I guess. Let's do it. So, now, if you've ever watched a film, a series, or read a book situated during the Victorian era, like roughly the 1830s to 1900, uh, you'd notice quite a few distinctive social characteristics of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only in speech, but the fashion and all the goddamn fainting. That goddamn fainting. That goddamn fainting. There was such an epidemic of lightheadedness that, if you could afford it, a proper host should have something called a fainting room at hand. Oh, my God. With a fainting couch or two. That's exactly what you brought up. Uh, and this room should be ready to assist any young lady overcome with the slightest emotion or sudden hysteria. Oh, my God. This is terrible. <laughs> this is so sexist, too. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, you're going to get into insane. it. This is insane. I didn't realize a whole room was involved. I thought yes. the couch was like kind of a funny thing. That was no. That was just one piece of the furniture <laughs> in that room. This is fucked <laughs> up. What else was in that room, by the way? Oh, we'll get into it. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so now a fainting couch is similar to what you see in a comic about psychotherapy, right? Someone mm. is like lying down on a couch built for a single person, uh, but the head is slightly elevated on a raised arm. Mm. And I say give it a Google because you're right, they're absolutely beautiful. Stunning. <laughs> Really gorgeous. Uh, So any room with one of these was designated the fainting room. Uh, And this room was a strictly private female space used for, like, brief periods of rest during the day or, you know, to get over the shock of any news. Oh, God. Or 
used for more privacy during home treatment pelvic massages. What? (laughs) Now that's one I I want to unpack. Are we going to unpack it or or should I? (laughs) We're... We're gonna we're gonna come full circle. Don't worry. Amazing. To the pelvic massage. The pelvic massage. I know. I, I, I just st- had to say it out loud. <laughs> I stumbled over my words when I said that, but pelvic, we're both we're both blushing massage. right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, today we're asking what was with all that fainting during the 1800s, and offer three theories as to why women wiped out so often during those 70ish years or so. So, let's first talk about what probably already came to mind you know yeah uh those fucking corsets for sure exactly Um, yeah yeah torture devices (laughs) believe it or not the corset or a certain form of it has been around for over 500 years and it changed with developing technology and available materials uh for example in the 16th century, ladies got their bust support from what was known then as a bodice, mm. uh, stiffened with anything from reed, whalebone, wood, horn, or ivory, uh, and one size fit all. That's so, terrible. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that's, all that. That's terrible. Just, to, just deal with it for the next 200 years. That's so... Oh, God. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's really interesting is, obviously, there's going to be a point where they stop, because I don't wear them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, which you you will get to but it what's interesting is um the kardashians are low-key bringing bringing them back where they were for a second because they were wearing these things called waist trainers oh no way do you know what those are uh we're gonna talk about it oh shit um well everyone's favorite family uh oh no was attempting to bring them back no 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 yeah. No, I, I we we are gonna we're gonna look at some pictures. Yay! <laughs> we're gonna look at some pictures about waist training. Oh god! Whoa! Are you serious? They I'm, tried to bring that shit back. Kim Kardashian did. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know about the other ones, but she wore it on Instagram. No, and uh, and it god. was just another reason to Damn be it. very frustrated. That is that frustrating. Family. I hope she has a fanning room. She's gonna need it. She has so many rooms. So many rooms. So many empty rooms, oh, probably. God. She probably doesn't even know. Yeah. There's probably rooms in her house that she's never been to. <laughs> she just wanders upon them every once in a mm-hmm. while. And just takes a photo in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she's like, I'll see this room again in 10 years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, humanity. Okay. So, in 1828, the word corset hit the public lexicon, and it was published first in The Ladies' Magazine, a massively popular British tabloid that the Encyclopedia Britannica describes as, quote, a sixpenny monthly that, along with its literary contributions and fashion notes, gave away embroidery patterns and sheet music. Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah, so it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like your Google, your Vogue, your Vanity Fair, Oprah Magazine, all wrapped up in one little... Six penny. Amazing. <laughs> remember reading paper? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> remember when we used to do that? Yeah, I remember going to a place and getting it. <laughs> There's like an 18-year-old listening right now. It's like, like what's no. paper? <laughs> <laughs> what's Oprah? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, no. That one hurt for some reason. <laughs> I, know, I know, and I hurt myself. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. Uh, the word corset comes from cor, C-O-R-S, the old French meaning... Uh, old French meaning body, and the addition of set 
translates to English as little body. Oh. Uh, and yes, we'll see in a minute how it literally made women's bodies horrifically smaller. Yeah. But the word itself was meant to distinguish these new, smaller undergarments uh, from their heavier, stiffer ones of yesteryear. Got it. Yeah. So it's like 1830 and the world is mechanizing. Uh, fabric and leather are now manufactured on a huge scale. Uh, corsetiers, the people who make the corsets, they jumped on board to redesign parts and make the corset not only teeny, but widely available and maybe for the first time adjustable thanks to the new lacing and hooking technique. Holy shit. <laughs> adjustable with it's lacing adjustable. and hooking. That's right. No more wow. whalebone. No more whalebone for me. That's oh God, right. just lacing and hooking. I'm sure that uh, didn't take longer than an hour. God. Uh, they had the time, God damn it. That's right, they did. <laughs> so, if you have time for a fainting room, you have time <laughs> to lace and hook. Uh, from Wikipedia, quote, Corsets are held together by lacing, usually at the back. Tightening or loosening the lacing produces corresponding changes in the firmness of the corset. Depending on the desired effect and the time period, corsets can be laced from top down, from the bottom up, or both. Hmm. Uh, yeah. In the Victorian heyday of corsets, a well-to-do, a well-to-do woman's corset laces would be tightened by her maid, a gentleman's by his valet. However, Victorian corsets also had a buttoned or hooked front opening called a busk. If the corset was worn loosely, it was possible to leave the lacing as adjusted and take the cors- corset on and off using the front opening. End quote. So you could get undressed alone yes if you want if you so wanted to yeah exactly yeah if um if it was like moderately laced and it wasn't too tight you could easily like unhook from the front and not have to deal with untying a bunch of shit got it yeah so that was like a big deal so i like how getting dressed is really hard and like a personal thing but when it comes to like taking it off it's like oh like you just just throw it off Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, to to let a a man ravish you or whatever. Ew. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think we all feel that no matter what p- piece of clothing we take off, like oh, thank God, thank it's God, off. it's off. Yes. Jesus. So ah, but humans wouldn't be human if they didn't take something logical, which was like the easy way to take something off, uh, or just this article of clothing. And make it hyper-competitive and extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, thanks to the adjustment factor, ladies could tighten and tighten and tighten some more to conform to and exaggerate the fashionable silhouette of the day, which was having a large bust, wide hips, and a nearly unfathomable waist. <sighs> mm-hmm. So... Let's take a look inside, shall we? You know, yes. for realsies, just to see what happens when you squeeze a person like a tube of toothpaste, essentially. Uh. Uh, so <laughs> what I'd like to show you first is a drawing, and it's from the Valencia Museum of Ethnology, and it's an artist's representation of which organs slide wear when a torso is constrained in a corset. Oh my god. <laughs> and then for the second image, uh, I'm going to show you an x-ray of a woman in a corset. And uh, these will be available on our Instagram for your viewing pleasure. Uh, but in the meantime, Mercer Riley, what does this artist rendering look like to you? I mean, 
It's it's bad. It's a bad. This is a bad idea. It's, a, it's an internal uh, rendering. Yeah. yeah, I I think um, so. Basically, on the left, we have uh, it looks like someone who is wearing a corset, and then on the right is maybe someone who's not wearing as tight of one or one Could at be. all. Right. Um, but the the woman on the right looks fine. Looks everything looks where it should be. Uh, but the woman on the left who's wearing the corset. Um, yeah. Her ribs, see now your ribs fan out. Her ribs have um, basically been cramped in and shoved into each other in a way that looks impossible. Yeah, it, they, they come to a point. They come to a point when they should be sort of butterflying out. Yeah. The bottoms of them come in touch, and that is horrifying. Um, <laughs> also, her waist is so small, and her poor... Sweet baby intestines. Um, yes. They just, they look, this looks like a lot of IBS. Um, yeah. A lot of trapped gas, I'm guessing, happened. A lot of discomfort in many ways. No breathing. Forget about that. Also, um, <laughs> when you see this, she also doesn't have an arm, which <laughs> she has, she has no arms. Um so the the rendering, the person who did the rendering, uh, maybe got tired. Just just torso only. Torso. They were just only. paid for the torso. She does have a leg though. <laughs> yeah, I guess they were just paid for the uh, organs and torso part. Exactly. So, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The um, you made so many good points, and we're going to talk about especially the breathing thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also wanted to just point out that the intestines, just like you said. They kind of are squished down and they wrap around her hips. That's what accentuates the hips. Ah, that, I like see. the small intestine is just like it's just squished. It's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. Really and if you see it like you're you would think a lot about your insides in a yeah. bad way. Yeah. Okay. Now this is the x-ray of the lady in a corset. Oh my god. Um this is yeah. bad. <laughs> this is really bad. Yeah. So I can't see her intestines, but I can see the ribs um, being crushed in inwards in a way that makes me really sad. Like, I am shocked that, like, did people break their ribs all the time? Yeah, we're, uh, ribs are pretty goddamn strong, but we are going to talk about the effects of closing in on your lungs and, uh, yeah. And over time, like if you if you were to wear this every day, oh yeah, your body would just it would hate you. It would hate you. <laughs> you would definitely rebel. And I think if you did this at a young age, like you could survive it. But if you were an older woman, mm. one of those ribs is gonna snap. Oh oh yeah, oh yeah. With diets, mm-hmm. no nothing for like osteoporosis. Oh, yeah, yeah, snap like a fucking twig. Oh, that's terrible. So, uh. Here's a nice description from todayifoundout.com of the effects of what was coined tight lacing. Uh, quote, ribs were displaced, their lungs were squashed, some organs were compressed against the spine, and others were shoved down into their lower abdomen. Mm. In addition to making it hard to breathe, hearts struggled to pump and guts struggled to digest what little food they could get down. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's right. So that's a lot of things. That's a lot of things. You can't breathe. You can't eat. Sounds like you'd faint. 
a yeah. little bit, right? Uh, Wikipedia adds, quote, some women were so tightly laced that they could breathe only with the top part of their lungs. Oh, this caused the bottom part of their lungs to fill with, fill with mucus. Uh, symptoms of this include a slight but persistent cough as well as heavy breathing, end quote. Yeah. Well, uh, um, that's that's terrible. Yeah. Ladies of uh, the Victorian era. And a Kardashian. You, and what, what and, and one current Kardashian. <laughs> um, stop it. Oh, Lord. Breathing is kind of a thing you have to do if you want to um, be alive or continue yeah. taking Instagram pictures. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't upload when you're dead. No. So. Or when uh, your or when your lungs are filled with mucus. Oh no, no thanks. Uh, uh, you know what? We didn't even consider uh, the layers of clothing on the outside of the corset. Oh, um, God, that's right, that's right, dude. Uh, so there's the underwear, which was more like a shirt and bloomers. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Something called a bustle pad, a full skirt whose structure was supported by horse hair. Jeez. Uh, and don't forget your petticoat and a goddamn bonnet. Um, Got it. <laughs> these materials aren't exactly breathable, and they're damn fucking heavy. Uh, so, oh, and they're worn no matter the season either. So That's you're terrible. wearing this, like, in the summer heat with, like, I don't know. In the Victorian streets, it's like horse and horse crap everywhere. Oh, it's and everything hot. smells like shit because there is no plumbing. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I'm going to faint just thinking about this. Yeah, it's pretty intense. So did the young women of the 1830s, 40s, and 50s throw up their hands in a fit of sweaty disgust? Did they rage against against the corset? Ah, oh, rage against the corset! <laughs> That's right. Rage! Ah, no, of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. No. So those women had their own children, and those children, you guessed it, they became a center of a new ad campaign. No, Um, no. uh Yeah, you you lightly brushed upon this. No. Um, So what I'm going to do... Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you an, a, a Bloomingdale's ad from 1886. Uh, there's a lot going on in this ad. Uh, so I want us to go through it and really, really break it down. This uh, will also be available on our Instagram. Well, yeah. that's interesting pod. Uh, and so this is in 1886. Uh, all advertisements were drawn. So this is a drawing. Uh, what? Do you see here? There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so there are drawings, and they actually remind me a lot of if you read um, the original uh, Alice in Wonderland. They kind of look like yeah. those original yeah. in the book. Yeah. They look just like that. Um, okay. So it looks – the first thing it says – there's also a lot of text. The first thing it says on the ad is – Good sense. That's right. Um, which stresses me out. Good sense, corset, waists. And so it looks like we've got a mother talking to a couple kids. One is a young woman, uh, a, like a girl. And uh, the mom is saying, good sense, waist is best for all of us. Yep. And then it looks like her little girl is, is, uh, is handing a box to her mom. And both of them are wearing corsets. And her daughter, who looks like is seven or eight, says it fits so easy. That's right. So we're that's putting right. a kid in one of these. Great. I wonder if that's like a carton of cigarettes. I, I hope so. I mean, I mean, we're just gonna <laughs> never mind our lungs. Let's just uh, let's end it fast. 
Um, okay, then there's another mother and daughter. Uh, the mom is saying to her, her daughter, who looks maybe like a tweenish age, and she's saying, shape is just elegant. That's yep. bad. Um, <laughs> and then the daughter is saying the buttons don't pull off. And um, Oh, and then I forgot the bottom where it says, for health. That's right. I'm going to say it one more time. For health. Yeah, you got to get a little grift in there, a little grifting. Jeez. Yeah. For health, comfort, wear, and finish. Mm-hmm. Perfect and fit. I'm still reading the ad. Yeah. Good sense. Yeah. All these little sound bites just to, yeah. And, and they're kind of jumbled in there. Someone, I think someone was on cocaine when they did this or whatever <laughs> they, whatever stimulant they had at the time. Uh, it said made of uh, the best material throughout. Um, let's see, buttons, uh, front instead of clasps, um, uh, all, and all other first class retailers everywhere. Uh, but it's, it's like, uh, that was just part of where it is. Yeah. But it's a lot. It's a, it is a massive amount of info. And a massive and, amount of lies. And a, yes, exactly. Um, equal amount of info, equal amount of lies. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot about comfort and health. And, and it's just so interesting to put health on there. Yeah. Um, a, for the obvious, but B, like, there's nothing to back it up. Like, there's no. nothing. Not a. It, there's a lot about the comfort that they try to back up with, like, the fit and the, the wear and the materials or whatever. Yeah. But there's nothing about the health. <laughs> no. What no. health? What is it doing for my health? No. Uh, there's also a really, really tiny, so you, you noticed a lot. Of, uh, <gasps> oh, oh yeah. I missed the most oh, horrifying part. Yeah. So each figure in this ad has a number attached to them. Like that little girl, I like said it was like seven or eight. She's number 212. The mom is number 219. Why do they have numbers? Can you, the ad explains why they have, why they're, oh my God. each corset slash person has a number. It's a number... And it it is um, showing a style for different ages. Yes, that's and right. I I didn't even notice that there is a baby in this picture. Yes, and the baby's little word bubble says "fits baby too." That's right. I'm just gonna hold back tears right now. Yeah. Um, and one of the styles is for infants. One is children four to six. Yep. Two are uh, misses. So I guess women. Uh, seven to twelve. And then there's a uh, Mrs. 13 to 17, and then a style for ladies. That's right. There you go. This is a lot. Yeah. I just spent a really long time talking about this. We, but we had to. We had to unpack this whole thing. The, there is a baby wearing a corset. <laughs> That's right. A baby. Don't tell Kim. Don't tell Kim. Oh, my God. I bet she's already tried it. Uh, I feel like she has a lot of time <laughs> and money. And babies. She has like five. <laughs> oh no. This, she could like totally replicate this ad then. <laughs> That's not Oh good. my god, she really could. Oh man. Yeah, so that ad was in the late eighteen eighties. And by the eighteen eighties there was a uh cultural discussion. Um whoop, hold on my notes. Uh by the eighteen eighties there was a cultural discussion about the effects tight lacing had on the body. Uh newspapers like West Coast Times. Chicago Tribune, and the Boston Globe published op-eds from women in both camps who were pro-tightening and anti-tightening. Ah. Yeah. 
Even though, quote, the evil consequences of tight lacing are universally admitted, says one contributor to the West Coast Times in 1884, quote, girls were started in corsets at a very young age, and for them and ladies after childbirth, waist training to shrink the side of the waist via super tight lacing was common, end quote. God, can you imagine doing that after having a baby? Yeah. Yeah, dude. After childbirth? I... Dude. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I bet people who are who are pretty pregnant were doing it, too. Oh. Like, I bet you would wear it through your first couple of trimesters. Oh, God. Isn't that horrifying? Uh, Start them in the womb. You know, you, you got a baby in there and poop and lungs, and you're just squishing that all together. <laughs> just uh, not breathing. Ah, so, you know, rather than stop behaviors that hurt, girls went through training, a series of tighter and tighter corsets to raise their tolerance level to adapt to the difficulties of breathing. Um, Oh, and that last quote is from todayifoundout.com. So, let's all take a breath, and we're going to need it, because (laughs) after the break, we're moving on to our second theory of fainting, poisoning. No. Oh, no. It's okay. Well, not really. But, <laughs> so, so, stay tuned, everybody. Please do. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones... (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. 
Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We're so back. We're so back. Uh, how is your back? I hope it's okay. Is it not being constrained? Do you feel comfortable? You know, comfortable? Can you breathe? Can you breathe? Just get topless. Get just, topless. Just take your shirt off. Whatever, mm. whatever you're doing right now. Just... Honestly, you don't need one right now. <laughs> no, you don't. Are you Girl. driving? Don't even stop. Yeah. Also, you can drive topless. That sounds awesome. I'm going to leave the apartment right now just so I can drive topless. I just need to rent a car first. Hey, renting a car just so you can drive around topless sounds like a great day. Doesn't that sound awesome? <laughs> uh, not drunk. But we are going to talk about some poisoning. Right yes. So, yes. Um, let's talk about an old friend, arsenic. Oh, um, yes. Now, I say old friend because humans have known about arsenic for over 2,400 years. Damn. Um, Albertus Magnus, a German philosopher and alchemist, first isolated the element in 1250. Holy shit. I know. Um, it's on ye old periodic table as AS33. Amazing. Uh, um, I just wanted to quickly point out yeah. Albertus Magnus sounds like a Harry Potter character. Yeah, it That's does. A, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. A cool, That's all. They're, they're, <laughs> the end. The end. Podcast <laughs> over. Just kidding. Um, so he was around in 1250. So by the 1800s, it was common knowledge that in high enough quantities, this tasteless, scentless, Fucking substance can be used to kill rodents, pests, and husbands for insurance money. Yes! Right. Yes! I love it. Uh, James C. Horton literally wrote the book on how murder by arsenic was all the rage in the 1800s. Uh, it's called The Arsenic Century, How Victorian Britain Was Poisoned at Home, Work, and Play. Check it out. Fun! Um, uh, but arsenic wasn't isolated to Britain. Uh, poisonings happened worldwide. And it may not even been intentional, maybe. Uh, or maybe people just didn't care it was happening because, you know, money needed to be made. Right. Um, yes. So either case, would you like to read from LiveScience.com? I would love to. Okay, quotes, white arsenic or arsenic trioxide uh, was widely available and sold in grocery stores. Oh my God. Uh, women would eat or rub arsenic mixed with vinegar or chalk into their skin as a complexion enhancer, trying to make their skin paler or to show uh, they did not work in the field. Uh, end quote. What the fuck? <laughs> I did not know about that. Oh, yeah. This is terrible ideas. <laughs> Just should not do that. Shouldn't do that. Oh. Really, really shouldn't. Um, <sighs> now, to enhance that pink complexion even further, the color emerald green was a must-have in a lady's wardrobe. Um, in 1814, a company in Germany called the Wilhelm Dye and White Lead Company, it was in the fucking name. Great. Guys, it was in the name. Uh, developed a new green that shimmered even in the Victorian candlelight at night. Uh, and of course, women went fucking bonkers for it, and fabric manufacturers hoarded the stuff. Um, unfortunately, clothes that shimmered, uh, they shimmered thanks to the arsenic levels present in the dye, and therefore, in the fucking clothes, 
women wore all caps. <laughs> Great. So, so you're when you're wearing clothes, yeah, soaked in poison. Yes. Yes. All right. So <laughs> you just like yep. That's uh, yeah. So, according to Racked.com, quote, the effects of arsenic exposure are horrific. In addition to being deadly, it produces ulcers all over the skin. Gross. Those who come into close contact, it might develop scabs and sores wherever it touched. It can also make your hair fall out and can cause people to vomit blood before shutting down their livers and kidneys. Okay, so just uh, my hot take on this is um, no... No color is as, you know, no color is as beautiful as not having scabs is, you know? <laughs> That's true. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe they didn't care back then, but I... Yeah, <laughs> if I'm covered in scabs, yeah, that's your I don't really feel that pretty. Um, <laughs> no, pass. Uh, hard pass. So how did arsenic get into a person's system? Uh, well, through sweat. And as we discussed, them ladies were wearing a shit ton of layers. So if that dye wasn't sealed, sweat would wash it onto the skin where it was absorbed. Damn. Uh, here's another kicker. Uh <laughs> If a lady was going about her day, walking in the summer sun, uh, she's starting to sweat and feel faint, uh, she's going to return home, specifically to her fainting room, right? And odds are there was wallpaper in this room because that too was all the rage at the time, was having wallpaper. And that wallpaper, you guessed it, was applied with arsenic and had arsenic in its coloring. That's right. Right. So we've got That's triple right. arsenic going. Yes. Oh, no, quadruple if you count the face arsenic. Yes. So we've got clothes arsenic, uh, face arsenic, yeah. double wall arsenic. Double war. Uh, todayifoundout.com reports that by the end of the 1800s, 80% of wallpaper was arsenic-based. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, you guys, yeah. stop it. So, uh, would you like to read further from the site? Uh, let's squeeze in a few more poisonous tidbits that uh, may have led to fainting. Amazing. I would yeah. love to uh, quote, oh man, quote, uh, lead <laughs> was also a common ingredient in hair dyes and was frequently found in wine along with arsenic and copper. Uh, Together, these toxins uh, contributed uh, to more wealthy Victorians suffering from seizures when compared with their poorer neighbors who couldn't afford such luxuries. They were just dying in the field. That's right. They were just—they died just from being poor. <laughs> exactly, from hunger yeah. and disease. Uh, um, but these people were dying from uh, fabulous uh, poison wine <laughs> and, and fabulous poison hair dyes. <laughs> uh, only the best. Um, uh, it is worth noting: fainting was disproportionate among the classes, with middle and upper class women flopping about more. So this brings us to our final theory. Fainting was a bit of a fad. Uh, Just like the color emerald green or wallpaper, a swooning, as it was called, was to be expected. I like how we glamorized um, being poisoned by everything. Yeah, they normalized it. They made it normal. And it made it like totally fine. Yeah, exactly. Totally cute. (laughs) Yeah, 
poisonings and choking yourself for fashion absolutely took place, but social historians also believe some of that swoon was society's expected response. Kind of like how we clap at the end of a speech, or snap your fingers in agreement, or hit a like button. There you go. That's right. Passing out was like the like button of its day, or the dislike button, too. I mean, this emotion was like all the emojis, basically. Uh, But with the added benefit of getting a pelvic massage to bring you back to your senses. So (laughs) that's how... That's right. That pelvic massage. There you go. Back in that room. And that's how we end this episode. Amazing. With a pelvic massage. With a pelvic massage. Uh... (laughs) I, this always, when we, when we talk about something that sounds so crazy in history that happened a while back, I always wonder like what people are going to touch on that we're doing that's so crazy. Oh yeah. Like, oh, they drink caffeine every day and and they didn't know it causes a a Martian attraction or something. (laughs) I don't know. Or, but I, but like, it will be interesting when people look back on like, in the 90s when it was like or, or even now when it was so popular to be thin and like yeah. all of the shit people did yeah like or, once again the i'm gonna bring up the kardashians again they have been peddling uh this specific kind of i'm, I'm doing this in quotes tea uh, that uh-huh. helps them like a, a special tea that is it's detoxifying. They use words like detoxifying and it helps so- them lose weight. It sounds like it's a grift. A, it's a laxative. <laughs> it's a very strong laxative. And people like Jamila Jamil are, are calling them out yeah. and being like, dude, read the side effects. It's like stomach cramps, diarrhea. Yeah, it's a it's laxative. A fucking laxative. It sounds like liquid colase or something, you know, like a liquid laxative. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, these girls shit. are holding it up on their Instagrams and being like, yeah, I drink this every day. And I was like, are you okay? <laughs> do you, oh, no. You're not going to be able to do anything without doing that every you're, day soon. They're totally living in Victorian times. Totally. They're not, they're not modern at all. They're, they're, we just read everything they're doing. Yeah. Basically. Uh, yeah, so they're basically living in the 1830s. Yeah. So, Great. Yeah, so if people job, in the 1830s ladies. had an Instagram account, it would, it would be the Kardashians. Pretty that, much. That's, we made a hell of a discovery Amazing. in episode 022. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for being on that journey with us, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends that the Kardashians are from the 1830s. Pretty much. Time-traveling laxatives. <laughs> Time-traveling laxatives. <laughs> uh, and please, stay interesting. Please do.